Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back, everybody. The second part of our UFC 254 post fight coverage here on MMAfighting.com. It's the UFC 254 Habib vs. Gaethje post fight show. I am Mike Keck. I do not do this alone. I'm being joined once again by our producer extraordinaire, E. Casey Lydon. And look who decided to join the party the Prince of Positivity himself. Mr. Alex K. Lee. Alex, how are you, my man? UFC 254 in the books. First impressions. These people must be so tired of our faces. We did the live weigh-ins uh, late Thursday. We did a live uh, preview show, which we don't always do. We did a live preview show, and now the post show. So people have seen our faces, Mike, for about eight hours in the last like three days which is which is a lot i think i would say is a lot of time uh but what an event though i think i think i think a lot of us uh fans as well are re-energized and definitely eager to kind of talk about everything that went down tonight because this this was uh, i would say maybe the most eventful show of 2020 uh and I, I can't imagine any upcoming shows topping it all right so let's let's just get right into the main event because a lot happened in the fight and then a lot happened after the fight habib Nurmagomedov goes in there Beats Justin Gaethje, submits him in the second round, and I don't know about you guys, but I was just left thinking, kind of like what Dana White was saying at the at the post-fight press conference, just like, oh my god, like that was just unbelievable. That's ridiculous. This guy is just a machine. And then he gets on the microphone and announces his retirement at 29 and 0. He said he made a promise to his mother after the passing of his father. He said, I'm going to do one more, and then I'm never going to fight again. And he has announced his retirement. We didn't hear anything else. It was a very eloquent. Very beautiful post uh, post retirement speech, thanking everybody, saying in, in a couple of different languages. No post fight scrum, no backstage interviews with ESPN or any of the media outlets. He said what he had to say, and he was out of there. So, AK, let's start with the performance itself. Habib Nurmagomedov goes in there, gets a finish, does what he did to 28 others, submits Justin Gaethje. What were your thoughts on the performance? I I loved it. I, it silenced so much of what I had uh, written in an article with our own Jen Mishu, kind of debating uh, the greatness of. Am I frozen? No, we can hear you. 
Okay, sorry guys. Uh, Jed and I were de- were debating the greatness. <laughs> like, are you of, frozen? I, 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 I'm, I'm like frozen on my screen. <laughs> yeah, people need to see. People need to see my gesticulating. Okay, the, the voice isn't enough. You're back. You're uh, back. But, you're back. Thank you. All right. Anyway, Jed, Jed and I were debating. Uh, you know, the greatness of uh, Habib, whether he's the greatest fighter of all time. I said he wasn't. One of the reasons was, uh, you know, I think we like to see our greats show another dimension. I mean, I mean, look, his one dimension is so dominant, and if he never showed anything besides wrestling, it wouldn't matter. He'd still be in the running for the greatest fighter of all time. But when you when, when you see them kind of go out of their comfort zone. Uh, like a John Jones might, for example. Uh, tonight, he, he he went out there that first round saying, I'm going to stand with Gaethje. I'm going to stand. And he was throwing some unorthodox stuff. He was getting in Gaethje's face. It was tense. It was really tense. But I don't think Gaethje expected it. I think that was such a big part of uh, of, Gaethje, of uh, Nurmagomedov's victory was uh, he expected pressure, but not that kind of pressure, not that kind of stand-up pressure, not this guy winging shots at him, throwing shovel punches, uh, running knees. <laughs> It it was awesome. I, I, it looked a little sloppy at times. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying this is K1 Khabib we saw here, but but this berserker version of Khabib, it makes me a little sad that he. One of the many reasons that I'm sad that he's retiring because clearly he's still still showing so much growth as a fighter, and he really gave uh, gave you a look that he couldn't prepare for. I don't think anyone could prepare for. Uh, and then of course he took it home with the wrestling. So um, it, it was just again, if, if anyone wants to make an argument that he's the greatest of all time, you can make a strong one. Uh, he certainly showed, and, and tonight was really a, a great exclamation point. If this truly is the end of his career. Yeah, I mean, I left it saying just, and, and I was kind of in agreement with everybody else. Like, if Gaethje is, if like Gaethje just has enough crazy in him to possibly be the guy. I, if you watch the preview show, I didn't pick Gaethje. I said, I pretty much predicted what would happen actually happened, but I thought Gaethje, if anybody could do it, it was him, and if he couldn't do it, then nobody could. So I left that thinking. Nobody's going to beat this man. It's just not possible unless he goes up to 170 or, you know, maybe goes up and fights GSP, which I think he'd still be GSP anyways. And I've thought that for a while, but it is, I mean, just, just an unbelievable performance. And then to find out, I mean, Dana White, we were talking about this before we went on air. Dana White did his post-fight press conference. Very rarely does his post-fight press conferences not go like under 20 minutes. This one was like as long as Alexander Volkov's post-fight scrum like it was like just over seven minutes he didn't say much he praised Nurmagomedov he talked about wanting to see potentially a rematch between Adesanya and Whitaker but the other thing he said that stuck out to me was that Habib broke his foot like Habib fought that fight basically on one foot that is just bananas AK it's bananas I tell you did he also say that they they didn't know about that they didn't know he like he just found out today was that was that the implication uh from Dana that he didn't know I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm he to says, I think he said after the fight, um, Habib's cornerman told him. So I guess now they can, you know, tell the secrets of you know the hardships of the training camp. So <laughs> behind uh, the scenes. Yeah, I'm but, skeptical. I I think this. I I, I am. I, this is just my opinion. By the way, I'm not throwing out any anything substantial. I feel like so. I, I anytime there's an injury like that, I feel like someone knew. I'm throwing this in there with the weight with the weigh-in conspiracy. I feel like there's a lot. There's a book to be written about this, the, the lead-up to this fight someday. The weigh-in conspiracy. Was he allowed to go in with a partially injured foot? Uh, well, I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, again, that controversy, whatever controversies you want to believe in or even manufacture, uh, shouldn't overshadow is, his performance tonight. Yeah, this is your takeaway from the fight that someone knew about the broken foot. I gave, I gave my takeaway. <laughs> but look, I'm, listen, I'm I think a, Trevor yeah. Whitman might have known because in the corner he's talking to Justin Gaethje. Okay. And he's telling him to like calm the f down, uh-huh. like don't get effing lazy. But then Which, right before we, they cut to the replays, Trevor Whitman says, "Keep going after the leg. We know he can't walk right now." Oh, huh. I was like, "What did that mean?" Like that stuck out to me. I was like, "What does that even mean?" 
could mean. Yeah. No. Maybe that's maybe they knew. Casey, Casey, what do you think it meant? Oh, I think it meant. I think it means nothing. I think it meant that they were they were they were trying to stick to the game plan, and which is, which is what I said. The way only way Gaethje was going to win this fight, and he was on his way to doing that before he lost. So, but like, um, it was the leg kicks. He would have to destroy, uh, Habib's Habib's leg, and which he was trying to do, um, but he just didn't do it enough before he lost. Um. You know what he should, what, what the advice he didn't do? He needed some Kamar Usman advice and some foot stomps. The fighter of the year, Kamar Usman, okay? You know that, right? <laughs> oh, Casey. But, Casey. Foot, stomp, foot stomps would have won the fight tonight. I, I wish I could see the world of combat sports through your, through your, through your gentle eyes and, uh, and ignore the possibility that this, this injury might have been more well-known than we thought. Because, uh, again, I know you're, you're all just about the love of the game. Uh, hashtag Otter Pops. I know that's all you care about. Uh, getting your sweet, sweet tweets on on the broadcast. Yeah, and yet, um, yet another another pay per view, another broadcast. I did not what? make the I did not make the um, broadcast again. What? No, not again. I don't. I I, oh. I, I put all the hashtags in. Hashtag in Abu Dhabi. Hashtag W Hotel. Hashtag the hospitality is awesome. I mean, here like. <laughs> That hashtag's a little long. That might be why you didn't get it. Off. I think right. that one actually hurt. Your <laughs> All right, focus, so, guys. <laughs> by the way, for those for those watching right now, we want to hear from you. We want to get your thoughts, answer your questions. So, questions, comments, leave them in the chat. What I what I thought was kind of interesting, AK, was that two of the judges, not one, not two, gave the first round to Justin Gaethje. Are you surprised by this? Ooh. Uh, I, I wouldn't have scored it for Justin Gaethje myself. I don't think it's the worst card. I think it's bad. Who? I think it's bad. But I'm not going to defend it. I'm not going to defend it. I'm just saying it's not the worst. But but I, 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 I don't see it. I, I didn't see Gaethje land anything hard. It really looked like he was struggling to figure out, uh, again, Nemagamado's timing, Nemagamado's game plan. Uh, all the aggression was not even just the aggression. I mean, we go beyond aggression. The, the effective striking was in had to be in favor of Nemagamado. Again, I, I, maybe maybe I'll look at the numbers tomorrow and see something differently. But certainly, upon first glance, I was thinking, man, uh, Nemagamado is really he's really taking it to, to Justin Gaethje. So, but in odd score, uh, I, I do think Gaethje got like slipped in some punches, some counters, which maybe. You know his 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 style is very crowd pleasing. I guess judge pleasing as well. Um, so again, I, I won't really vilify. There was some, but there was some other shaky cards in the night as well. So, uh, oh yeah, not the best, not, not the best from the uh, from the judges today. The problem with the scorecards, in my opinion, was I agree with you. Like I, I think Habib was landing. I think he missed a lot of those shots. And when Gaethje landed, it counted. Like those leg kicks are gnarly. The face, the punches to the face were landing. You could hear them. But then Habib took him down and mounted him mounted at the end, him. Of the, at end of the first round. Like that's, that's I mean, almost right. And tried to get an armbar in before the horde signed up. Like when you when you mount a guy in a close round like that, like that should give you the round. Like I I don't know. And you're mounting, you're taking down and mounting Justin freaking Gaethje. That's unreal. I mean, and this is still a Justin Gaethje with still a, a, no still eighty percent still left in the gas tank. I don't know. I mean, he was still full of energy. And the fact that he was able to do that is like pff, like how do you give him that round? That's ridiculous. So Habib Nurmagomedov retires. AK, I feel like every time a fighter retires, we have to ask this question. Do you have believe to. him? Do you really believe him? But oh. I feel like I feel like with this one, I feel like I believe it. Like, I feel like there's really nothing else he can do outside of, I mean, listen, I, I think he's still a competitive guy. I think he's done everything he needs to do in the UFC. Might they bring him back for like a GSP fight? Like, would that entice him? I'm guessing no, but maybe. 
maybe goes into the boxing world and does a Floyd fight, maybe. But I mean, what else does the man need to do? So I, I tend to believe him that we're not going to see him fight again. This is my uh, Floyd Habib face. Mm. I hate it too. I hate that I have to say this out loud. Uh, I'm 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 not I'm like 50/50 with sort of predicting the the uh, the veracity of MMA retirements. Uh, I, I I was very good with GSP's career. I, I when he I remember when he walked away after the Hendricks fight, I was always confident that he would come back and fight again. So I was right about that one. And I'm also just confident that he won't fight again. I I don't even think he would have come back uh, for a Habib fight unless they 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 made the money right, which. CFC, I wasn't going to bank on that. So uh, that one I was fairly accurate. I'm, I'm very wrong on Ronda Rousey, it seems like. I mean, I guess there's still a chance she could fight again, but that seems remote at this point. I, I was super confident after she kind of disappeared for the first time she would come back. Gustafsson uh, was easy to predict that he would come back. Stefan Struve, we knew he was going to fight again. Those Some are, of these are pretty predictable. Those are dramatic losses, yeah. Yeah, those are predictable. This one, yeah, coming off a win is, is strange. My gut is it's not over. I, I, I really, I know, I know, no, I know. And look, his speech was great. His personality, as we know it, uh, we know him to be a fairly authentic person. He, he, he says what he what he means, means what he says. But I, I do feel like a challenge will arise will arise someday. Keep in mind, this is a very emotional time. Like he said, it, it, it's his first fight since uh, the passing of his father. He made a promise to his mother this would be the last one. But he's only 32 years old. Uh, Money-wise, I know he doesn't have to worry about it. We, I don't think we're going to see him coming back because he needs a paycheck. But I do feel like a challenge could arise someday, uh, whether it's a 155, presumably 155, maybe 170. I, I don't see that, though. Uh, and he, and if he's still young enough, we're talking, he's like 34, 35, I think he does the GSP thing and, and uh, maybe he steps back in and says, I, I need to test myself. So I am not shutting the door on the uh, Nurmagomedov career. Uh, I, I would I would not be surprised if he does fight again. I'll, I'll phrase it that way. Casey, what do you think? Do you think, do you think he's done or do you think he comes back? He is done. And happy trails, Mr. Nurmagomedov. Um, man, he's done. Like he, like he, he, he said it in the cage. He's like, next time you do your rankings... I am the pound for pound king. I won this shit. This is mine. Thank you for the cheese. I'm out. I mean, that's it. Thanks, uh, thanks, mom. Made a promise to my mom. Dude, think AK is saying he's he just lied to his mom. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, well, you just called you just called Habib a liar. What if in two years, mom says his mom says, "Listen, get get, get your ass off the couch and fight again." Well, guess what? Then he's got to fight. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> get, that's get, true. Get a job, Habib. I bet, I, bet like, a, I bet he has a great relationship with his mom, and I bet they talk about these things all the time. And and I I, I think that if he wanted to fight again, he they, they could sort it out. And and you know. You think so, you think again, Habib misses this? He's gonna miss this. He's gonna miss like no. He's he's done. He's, he's gonna miss. Jabroni's like us talking yes, about him on yeah. most of my shows. He's, oh, of course, he's, that's what he's gonna miss the most. We're gonna we're like, gonna lure him in. <laughs> we spent like 13 minutes playing his weigh-in video and deciphering it on the preview show yesterday. <laughs> Just like I don't need this. I don't need this anymore. Oh, he, but loves, he loves it. He is, of course. Man, I'm, I, yeah. yeah, I'm just no. He's not coming back. And man, um, he's gonna use all this money and just um do good things for his people back home. And uh, man, I'm just he's got. I think he has like a family and kids, right? He just the, the guy's a dad. I mean, just like. Yeah, we we might see him in the we might see him in some corners for some of of his fighters. Like maybe when Makachev fights again, we might see him again as a corner man. But as far as like fighting and being on the mic and dropping promos and you know, I'll smash you and the number one bullshit, all this stuff, it's done. Casey, listen, man, uh, he's gonna be training these guys for these fights and he's gonna be he's gonna be handling them in practice. Like and he's just gonna be thinking, man. I can still do this. Like it's like two two years. This is like when uh, before Michael Jordan came back and he was playing like one on one with like B J Armstrong, and he's like, man, I'm, you know, he's like, I'm killing these cats. I gotta come back for real. 
I, I, I like again. I'm not predicting he's gonna fight again. But I, but if you if, if I had to bet, if I had to bet my life, uh, will he fight again? I will lean towards yes. I will wow. lean towards yes. Yeah. I thought it was you, you, his bet. Your paycheck bet was intense. That's like super you have, intense. You have, I, was like, I was like, if I had to, if I had to. <laughs> very 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 low value I'm on your very low life. value you on your life. That's all I got. My life is worth less than what opposing against <laughs> paychecks. I'll I'll put it that way. That was so sad. Uh, yeah, you need, Mike, please move. Please yeah. move us along, Mike. I'm sorry. Yes, you yes, need, you need to talk to the union rep. I'm a yes. very happy. I'm a very happy person. I'm a very happy person. Uh, this is this is what happens when it's 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 an early post fight show. I know. It's not 3 a.m. We're two. We're, we're actually two awake right now. I know. We're all, we're we're Jones and we're going crazy. Uh, so obviously Habib happy trails and nothing left to prove. So it creates a lot of intrigue and interest at 155 pounds because as of right this moment, we do not have a champion. There is no champion. So we have to figure that out, which AK and I will do on, on to the next one, at least try to do the best we can, but we'd like to get your opinions on that. What do we do at 155 pounds? If you guys want to talk about Habib and the retirement, whatever you want to talk about, Robert Whitaker's big win, by the way, we'll go through the bonuses before we start going to the, to the questions, Habib, obviously gets a bonus with with his final victory or what seems to be his final victory magomed ankalayev said you know what i want this rivalry to be done we're not going to mess around anymore that was a phenomenal performance this guy is not an under the radar 205 or anymore big win for him and then the fight of the night obviously casey kenny versus nathaniel wood just a joy to watch unbelievable what a great fight that was as you're 30 20 speaking of bad cards 30 27 for kenny mm -hmm. i thought kenny won the fight that's pretty sh shitty scorecard. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> it, was already, whoa. <laughs> it was already like halfway out. I'm like, I'm just going to I'm just going to it. Uh, do we have a question right away or can I go on? Do I have time for a little uh, Whitaker rant? Oh, do it. Whitaker rant, Listen, go. Because I went 11 out of 11 with my non-draw picks tonight, uh, I'm, I, I'm allowed to flex a little bit, I think. Uh, here's what I wrote about. The, the, here's just the first line I wrote about Robert Whitaker versus Jared Kenner. Did, did I, this is what I wrote. Did I miss the memo? in which everyone decided that Robert Whitaker is no longer one of the top two middleweights in the world. The, the, like, it started with, with, with Izzy, of course, again, sitting, yo, I, I can't, you know, I'm looking forward to a fight with like Jared Kennier or whatever, like Jared Kennier is the next logical contender, which is a nice thing to say, but was, uh, uh, and I don't think he meant it this way, but was a little disrespectful to, to the fact that he was booked to fight Whitaker. And then all like so many predictions I see like saying, oh, like, even I think the video, I don't remember if they ran a video for Whitaker. Uh, they probably didn't. I missed it. But I do remember them running a video for Kenny. And I'm just thinking like, man, this is really presumptuous. And uh, I, I know you want to build. I, I applaud them for wanting to build up a contender ahead of time. But what is with what was with people overlooking Robert Whitaker? I think I saw some people saying like, oh, he's he's past his prime or something. I'm like, how old is he now? He's 32, 29. He's not even 30, right? He's no, 29. Yeah, yeah. yeah south is 30. Yeah. And it's like he looked great in the Darren Till fight. I think he looked great in both Romero fights. I know they were close fights, but those fights were friggin' amazing. The, like those fights are not his. Like anyone who's saying like, oh, he looked, you know, he looked uh, like because he didn't dominate Romero. Like who dominates Romero? Those fights were friggin' incredible. So uh, he again to me, he's still the number one contender until until someone takes it. Uh, which again, and I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm not saying Kenanier couldn't do that, but there was just this weird air of uh, of disrespect. Uh, surrounding the Reaper, and and it made, and it upset me. It upset me because he's a, I think he's still a great great fighter. He's nowhere near. He's in his prime. He's nowhere past his prime. Um, so I'm glad he he uh, showed out today and uh, and put in such a strong performance. Listening to Daniel Cormier's commentary, like if I wasn't watching the fight, but just listening to Cormier's commentary, I would have thought Cannonier 
beat Whitaker 30-25. DC had some moments tonight. He had some moments tonight where he may have neglected uh, some of the work of one of the fighters. There's a few fights like that. I, I, and speaking of a wacky scorecard, and then I'll, I'll go to you, Casey. Rob, how did you score that fight, AK? I scored a 30-27 for Whitaker. How did yeah, you score it? I scored a 30-27 for Whitaker. But again, it's one of those 30-27s that I don't think reflects uh, how well uh, Cannoneer did as well. Cannoneer had some very, very good moments. He, he was he was battering uh, Whitaker's leg. I mean, that leg, it's not his fault that Whitaker is made of friggin' iron because a lot of fighters with the amount of leg kicks that Cannoneer landed, it would have really changed their game plan. They would have really been feeling it. Somehow, Whitaker, you could see the color changing his leg, and it didn't seem to affect his mobility at all. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that's a credit to Whitaker, not not to take anything away from Kenyer. Kenyer fought a great fight, so 30-27, but a couple of those rounds were certainly close. Uh, but but uh, good good fight overall, really good fight. Would you have given him Kenyer any round outside of round one? <laughs> um, I, have, uh, I don't know. You know, did you see the scorecard? I'm looking at it right now. Which it's a I'm, weird one. Which I was surprised. Yes, because first they, round was yeah. the close round. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you gave it to Kenyer, I. I scored it for Whitaker still, even though Kennedy was lighting his leg up on fire. But it was, I still would have gave it to Whitaker. One judge gave Kennedy a round one. Two judges gave Kennedy a round two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, again, the bad, judging tonight. Bad, bad cards. You know, a little strange. That, uh, that's why they have three judges. That's, I guess, you know, so I don't know. That was, that was... So if Kennedy won that third round, he would have won the fight, which is crazy well it thankfully again thankfully it worked out again and, and look it, it, it at least in the end it was a it was a unanimous decision yeah uh so yes. the, you know the right the right call was made uh but you're right the way we got there was a little confusing and hey, what do you want to say about that fight casey oh robert Whitaker rules that's all <laughs> man he's so good uh, yeah i mean I, I agree with ak but you know people were you know i guess you, you must have forgot type of stuff with whitaker um i picked whitaker coming into this fight i think the uh people were sleeping on him because i think all the all the promos and izzy were talking about cannoneer and izzy doesn't seem to be maybe maybe things are going to change now but izzy has never seemed to be very um uh, didn't like. Didn't seem like the idea of a rematch of Robert Whitaker right now. Um, I think he wants new opponents, new guys. Like rematches, just don't. Um, doesn't just he's not into it right now. So I think that's why I think as fans we wanted Cannoneer to win because we we want to see Cannoneer a fresh matchup. But uh, yeah, just I I, I I didn't agree. I didn't like this fight taking place in the first place because I I thought mm-hmm. Cannoneer had earned his title shot, and mm-hmm. now we lose the number one contender. You know so. Uh, yeah, UFC matchmakers. That's what they want. Makes uh, Tilhurman no, even bigger. Yeah. For those keeping for those keeping score home, uh, Crystal. Oh, you, suck. Oh, I knew you. God one. dang it. A point. A point. That's a point for Crystal Suck. Uh, Crystal Suck and don't do anything. All right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just no, saying they clearly do something because he got two judges gave him round two, so he just didn't have enough crystals. He did. He did use a, a corruption crystal. Yeah, there was a corruption crystal. Brains, yeah, so which I think is a little, a little, a little underhanded. Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I just want to say, I'm, I'm a man of science. All right. I give credit where credit's due. So when, when, our, when our man Brian Kelleher is racking up, you know, fight night bonuses and and and, and going on win streaks. All right. I'm saying, okay, maybe crystals do something. But when when stuff like this happens, guess what? Crystals failed. All right. Those stupid crystals failed. I'm, I'm just saying. Shout oh, out, Rob- shout out in, in the YouTube comments if you hate crystals. All right. That's all I'm saying. Robert Whitaker says coffee, coffee more powerful than crystals. <laughs> he said that looks like love I had it. more coffee than he had crystals. So someone said, I love it. 
Yeah. And Whitaker, Whitaker himself said Canada just needed more crystals, maybe. And I think because of the pandemic and and the visas and travel issues of you know going into Abu Dhabi, I'm sure there was a limit amount of crystals he could bring in from the states. So there's a if this fight was at the apex, Canada wins that fight easy, bro. Easy. Oh my gosh. <sighs> we're we're going off the rails here. Let's uh. <laughs> Yo, let's bring in the peeps. Let's bring we're, in the peeps. Ready for the peeps? Like, what do they want to talk about? What do they want to talk about? I mean, geez, Louise. All right. What a card. I mean, it was just. I mean, it was just a great card, right off the bat. Started off with uh, Joel Alvarez, with a quick submission win. He looked very good. Uh, Miranda Maverick, what a debut for her. I knew that. Uh, yeah. Do you think Justin won the first round? No, I don't think he won the first round. Nope. I we think gotta, the round. Talk about it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. I think we missed it. I think the round but, was very close, but I think Habib taking him down and mounting him and going for submissions at the end of the round sealed sure. it for him. I'll add that I think some of the early success might have made up some of the judges' minds. The fact that uh, again he didn't take he did shrug off a couple of early takedowns. He was quote unquote maybe it looked like he was forcing Habib to fight his fight though again I think if you watch it again you'll see Habib was doing pretty much what he wanted uh, but I think because it stayed at standing I, that probably influenced one of the do we say two of the judges scored it for Justin two they must have thought well this you know if it's a standing fight that's how Gaethje wants it so Gaethje must be must be dictating the action but that's I don't really think that's what happened I like your impression of a judge well Casey this is how a judge talks this is a judge voice <laughs> Where's your monocle? Where's your monocle? I, I don't have it on me, but yes, I imagine they all wear monocle. We they all wear monocle. <laughs> so, so I mean, it's a it was a close round, but I think the end sealed for Habib. He, he got mount. He, he got mount, and he was a, and he had an armbar attempt. A couple of leg kicks and a couple of punches that didn't really seem to affect Habib. Uh, that that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't outdo a take, getting taken out and mounted. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com. 
our good friend Tristan Gordad. Just getting right after Let's this. Let's do thing. it. We're Let's not do messing this. around. We're not mincing words. On to the what next one. What do you do in the lightweight division since Habib has just retired? Will you do? Will they do McGregor versus Poirier for the vacant title? Do you set up Chandler versus Ferguson or Chandler versus Gaethje? AK, do you have a thought on this initially? Of course, we're going to let it yeah. all out. All our lightweight divisional title implication chatter out and on to the next one. But your initial thoughts just hours after this pay-per-view ends. Yeah, uh, obviously I'm going to put a little more thought into it before we record our show. But I'm not going to – I don't know why. You know what it is? It's the UFC slick promotional work that got to me. I'm not sure who I necessarily want to face him. I want to see Michael Chandler in there. I don't know why. I think I think they have really thrown Michael Chandler in our faces. And Michael Chandler, by the way, is a, is a guy who's just—you want to ever see a guy who's super comfortable doing media? I'm not saying he's like the best at like you know producing crazy sound bites or like cutting like fiery promos, but a guy who's comfortable. Like you want to put him in front of a camera for like 45 minutes and just talk. He'll do it. Maybe you won't want him to, but he'll do it. He's not—he's—he's he's going to represent. He's very professional. He's a constant professional. He's going to represent your company very well. They gave him a lot of camera time today. They gave him a little promo, even though he doesn't have a, technically doesn't have a fight booked. They had him uh, with Anakin and uh, Cormier just kind of chatting, chatting it up, filling some airtime. They sold me. They sold me. I, I would not have a problem. And the fact that, again, they were willing to put him in there with Habib or Gaethje tonight if something had happened to either fighter says w- what they think of him. So he can't be more than one fight away. So I say screw it. Now that we know uh, Habib's retired, we're going to go vacant. I-, I want Chandler to be one of those people. Uh, Chandler Ferguson would probably be my ideal. You know, you take the last two guys who lost to the oh, – sorry, uh, who lost to uh, one of them, one of the uh, fighters tonight. Or or Chandler Gaethje. But I'm going to lean towards – uh, Chandler Ferguson. Chandler, literally one minute ago, as you were talking, AK, goes on Twitter and said, and I know Justin Gaethje won't want to wait. He said it tonight. I'll be ready tomorrow. But there I got to go. say, I think I think Chandler's going to get that opportunity. One, because he, he made weight. Two, because he gave the airtime. And three, like the more I thought about it heading into the retirement, just watch, like the way they filmed Habib leaving the hotel and going to the arena with the with the, the blues and reds all lit up. They showed basically the whole ride to the arena. Like, he's leaving the hotel. He's arriving. It was the whole ride. It was like, it was crazy to watch because they didn't do that for Gaethje. This is like the Sandman in Hardcore Heaven when he commandeered <laughs> the ambulance. They showed him oh. the whole time in an overhead shot. Like, it was, it was crazy. So it kind of makes a little more sense up, but I, I have a hard time believing Chandler just doesn't get that opportunity at this point, the way that they're promoting him. Do you do Ferguson? Probably. Ferguson has not been a happy camper as of late. So if you say, hey, Tony, buddy, let's reconcile. Let's let's get back together here. You versus Chandler for the belt. What do you say? I think that's where they go. But either I think it's going to be yeah. Chandler versus somebody. Casey, you have this look on your face. Like, I don't know. What do you think? Um the UFC likes to make money. It's going to be McGregor versus uh, Poirier for the vacant title. And then as much as I love Chandler, he's a great fighter, but he wasn't the Bellator champ, guys. You know, he was, he's, just a, he's just a free agent. He was just a, a, a high-ranking Bellator fighter. He wasn't their champ. So it's not act like, you know, they didn't bring a champ over. So, uh, no, I want to see Chandler Ferguson and then Gaethje versus whoever. Hooker, I don't know, it could be anyone. But uh, I, like Chan- I like Chandler Ferguson and then uh, McGregor Poirier for the title. That sells money. And there's, there's real storylines there, and um, and I love Chandler, but I think Chandler, I, I do actually think he needs to be a top, top guy, and I think Ferguson is that guy. And if Ferguson beats Chandler, then awesome, too. You know, win-win. 
Oh, but real quick, yeah. real quick. We were, um, I missed a comment, but we were talking about crystals, and now we, we don't have a believer. Read this. We literally watched that man come back to life mid-fight. Don't tell me they don't help. And there, I, I, I didn't get a chance to say that, but the fact that Jared Cannonier did not get put away in the third round, maybe there is some to this crystal thing, AK. I accept your apology, AK. We're moving on. I'm only letting I'm only letting Jessica get away with this nonsense and taking this nonsense any further. Uh, I did see a comment that I want to talk about. Uh, I, I don't think we need to go full question on it, but it was, could we see, because Khabib said, I think today is, well, he said it's my last fight, but I think he'll said this is my last UFC fight. So I guess we're wondering, <laughs> oh, is there a loophole? Could we, someone said, could we see uh, G, GSP and uh, and uh, Khabib outside of the UFC? Hey, uh, Chatri, Chatri, get on that, all right? That's a perfect one. That's a perfect one fight. Two guys who represent the honor and integrity of, uh, of MMA. So uh, Chatri, I'm just saying, make some phone calls, send some emails and uh, see if you can make that happen. Because I think they they're, I think, what, like 29 million viewers, I think, their last show or something like that. So that's pretty crazy. For every – yeah, for, for, for the year. That's, that's on the low end, I think. That's, yeah. like, that's, like, that's like a bad – like they get 29 million viewers. Like, oh, it's like disappointing. It's like they really – they really want to hit that 100 million figure mark on average. Okay. So the, as you say all these things, oh, there are literally odds. There are literally odds that have come out on this. I don't know. It comes out the odds are who will Justin Gaethje fight next in the UFC after losing to Habib? Guess who the favorite is right now in the betting window? If I Justin Gagey? Connor. Tony Ferguson. Plus 110. A rematch? Justin Poirier, plus 140. Habib, so many unanswered questions? Like, what? Why? Yeah. Habib is still in there, plus 200. Connor's plus 350. Casuals. Chandler's plus 500. And even Donald Cerrone getting the rub at plus 800. Casuals. Casuals. Yeah. I just did not. I don't even know why I brought where was that. This, where is this question? Where is this question that just that you put up, Casey? Where is this? How could ridiculous. you justify? Oh. How could you justify Connor? No one can justify. Like you, and, and, I don't justify it. Casey doesn't justify it. AK doesn't justify it. Why no one justifies it? I don't it. want it. <laughs> Abe Lincoln justifies it. Benjamin Franklin justifies it. The big fat checks that will be written. Up, upside Everyone buying head. it. That's upside what justifies head. it. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. You and Casey, just two pure, such pure, innocent souls. Uh, but yes, if people are willing to pay for it, then it is justifiable. So I'm not. We're not saying. None of us are saying we want it. I don't think any of us are saying like, oh, he should get. The, he's guaranteed a title shot. But it's Conor McGregor. He fights for world titles. He he normally fills arenas when you know we're not in in uh, the pan, a pandemic era, and he sells friggin' pay per views. So yeah, it's not what? it's not fair. But there's no fair in combat sports. Let's talk about let's talk about fair then. Who fairly deserves? The next title shot, then. Gaethje. Why? He just lost tonight. Why does he fairly deserve it? But he, but he, he was so dominant in round one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, that's what I mean. That, that, to, well, to me, there's no clear case no. for anyone, to be honest. Yeah, there really isn't. There so, really isn't. Like so, said, you, so money is the case. Money is like the main factor. The UFC. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't. Man, am I forgetting? Who am I? Am I forgetting someone? I mean, I don't know. Am I, am I just not? Like, who has a clear case to fight for Nobody. the title? Michael Chandler, because he hasn't fought for the title yet. Can Hamzat make 155? <laughs> 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 I mean, listen, if there's one, listen, the, the one guy I think who has the, the longest winning streak in the division right now, currently outside of Habib, is Charles Oliveira. Yeah, he, it'd be a, a shame if he never fought for a UFC title. Yeah, he dom really dominated Kevin Lee. Was Kevin Lee his last fight, right? Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he won, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he finishes fights. Yeah. He's super exciting. Like, he's a great stylistic matchup for. Uh, I, I was gonna say for Khabib, but I guess it doesn't matter uh, anymore. But 
he should fight for a title. Yeah, exactly. If they made it, if they made it like Gaethje versus Charles Oliveira or something, or Ferguson versus Oliveira for a vacant title, for, I wouldn't. Ferguson object. just came off a loss, so we're gonna see Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler his, for the 155 his, title. His first <laughs> loss in like he's won like thir- 12 straight fights. But it's an L. It's an L, bro. It's one L. It's an L. One L. They, they, they never give fighters title shots off of losses. Well, we're talking about who fair. Uh, that, we're talking about happens. who fairly. I I hate you, Candy. I hate you, Candy Lee. No, no, no. You don't mean that. Don't say that. Well, plus let's not forget McGregor versus Poirier apparently is going to be at one seventy. So which that, which literally makes no sense. That literally makes no sense. Um, they're going to fight at one seventy for the hundred fifty five pound title. How about that? That makes sense actually. I I can I can, I can, really I can, I can see up. that. I can see that. While uh while I have people mad at me, I have another take that's just gonna. <laughs> hold on, I gotta watch the comments because I want to see the comments explode when I say this. Uh, and I tweeted this earlier, and I I think people, but I think people smart people got it. But uh, and 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 our, and our viewers are smart, so I mean I think I expect them to explode in agreement. Um, Shavkat Rachmanov showed as much today as we've seen what he did tonight against Alex Oliveira was as impressive as anything that Hamza Shemaev has done in the UFC so far I'm just saying I'm just saying if we're gonna go if we were going nuts about the wins over uh, Reese McKee and uh, John Phillips submitting a veteran like Alex Oliveira is insanely impressive I don't think people have, Alex Oliveira is a is a is I would say is a higher caliber fighter than uh, Reese McKee John Phillips and Joe Merchard I mean, Joe Merchard is very good but I think Oliveira I would say is like a close to a top 15 he's been ranked before so I think it's a big win it was on short notice for for Cowboy for sure so but he missed weight which normally supposedly gives people an advantage and uh, and, he, and he lost he lost to a guy who's now 13 and 0 so I want people so I, I'm not saying get off the, the Shemayev train I'm saying stay on the Shemayev train and also get on the Rachmanov train you can be on two trains at once, is what I'm saying. All right, I don't think I don't think that's that fiery. I mean, I I think that's uh, okay. Put a bit more. Fiery. First of all, Not- first of all, you can't be on two trains at once. That's just yes, that's, you can. no, you can't. That that's Absolutely. that's that's gonna hurt. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't. So, pick a train, pick a train. All right. Yeah. You, you can hop between the trains. All Sometimes right. the trains meet the trains meet at the same station. You transfer. Uh, well, what else do we get? <laughs> Does Lauren Murphy get a title shot at 125 pounds? She, I mean, good Lord. She wants she, one. She's cutting some promos. Good Lord. Listen, she has she has an argument. She has an argument, all right? If you want to talk about the Andrea Lee fight and say that you don't think she won that fight, that's fine. You can say that. And there's a lot of people who would probably agree with you at this point. Every media member on MMA Decisions scored that Andrea Lee fight for Andrea Lee and not Lauren Murphy. But Lauren Murphy has won four fights in a row. She dropped Roxanne Modafari on her dome the last fight, her most recent fight. She she could have not fought on this card, fought Cynthia Calvillo in three weeks or a month on one of these November or December cards solidified the title shot no she stayed on this card and fought a a relatively unknown fighter who has a pretty unbelievable reputation from an international perspective olympic wrestler very tough fight on like a week's notice and you're risking it all and she went out there like joanne calder would risk it all and got finished lauren murphy goes in risks it all gets a finish of her own now i know it's two totally different things we're talking about two totally different people but still not a lot of fighters would have stayed on this card. Do I think Laura Murphy has a, has an argument? Sure, she does. Okay, Jessica Andrade is right now the number one ranked contender in that division because she beat Caitlin Chugagin. She got the number one spot. So if you want to give it to Andrade, that's fine. If you want to do Murphy versus Calvillo, that's fine. If you want to do Murphy versus Andrade, that's fine too. I said on on to the next one last week. As long as Andrade fights 
either the, the winner of Shevchenko versus Maya, Lauren Murphy, or Cynthia Calvillo next, I have no issues. And I still stand by that. Uh, Casey, I know you tweeted shortly after that you wanted to see Murphy and Andrade. You said that that you you believe that's the way they should go uh, right now, right? If 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 they don't, if the UFC doesn't need someone for a quick turnaround, for I'm going to assume Shevchenko wins against Maya. We're we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put that out there. If Maya somehow somehow just doesn't beat Shevchenko and Shevchenko retains the title, and the UFC needs a quick they they need a quick turnaround then no, it should just be Shevchenko versus Andrade. If they think there's going to be a break, then it should be uh, Andrade versus Murphy. And put that on a very a featured fight on a pay-per-view, or I, w- I, w- I would like it to be a main event on a fight night. So we can get a nice five-rounder there. And I think that will settle everything. But actually, but I think Murphy, honestly, I think Murphy, I, I, I keep forgetting about Cavillo. It's not, I, I'm thinking Cavillo is going to be out for a while, but it sounds like she's only going to be out for a few more weeks. So I would just rather just run back Murphy versus Cavillo sometime this year. And then, yeah. That, that I think, is the most likely thing. I do think they'll just run back Murphy and Cavillo. Uh, I, but I will say uh, I'm in favor of Murphy. Like, in, 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 a, in a perfect world, I wish Murphy and Andrade would both be guaranteed title shots. Um, not because I'm, I'm saying, like, oh, either of them are, are necessarily, like, uh, super likely to upset, you know, um, uh, Val- uh, Valentina Shevchenko, but just because I think it's 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 these are these are good opponents for her to build up her championship resume. You know, I'm 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 of the fa- you know I'm of the person that like I prefer the the Anderson Silva George St Pierre way of building up your resume with like eight nine ten title defenses. They're not all like amazing names, but there's like the majority of them are strong names, and every now and then you have what's the equivalent of you know mandatory title challengers. So I think Shevchenko needs some of those. Um, not everyone has to be like, oh my gosh, can she be Valentina? It's like no, I mean you know some, sometimes a champ you just want to see the champ go to work, right? Uh, so, but we know that's not going to happen. We know, we know you can't keep people waiting. It, it wouldn't be fair if Andrade waited and Lauren Murphy waited, because then where does that leave Calvillo, right? Then it's it's not fair to her. So people have got to fight, right? The division's got to move. But uh, Lauren Murphy really just did like everything she could today, though. She got a finish. Uh, she fought again, like Mike said, when she didn't have to. She cut a, a very good promo. I, people can say, oh, she prepared the promo. And I'm like, that's not a bad thing. I'm a nerd. I'm a research guy. I'm like, you know, I believe in proper preparation. So people who are saying like, oh, it didn't sound organic. Like she had it written down. I'm like, good. Good. I hope she written, wrote it down and memorized the speech because that's that's a good thing. She 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 knew what she wanted. You know what I mean? She 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 predicted that she would have a moment and and then she used it right. So Wait, fan, fans were hating on Murphy for for preparing. <laughs> for I saw that. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I saw I saw that on one of our streams. Uh, someone was hating on John Gooden because John Gooden said uh, when he was do- doing a, a scrum in Abu Dhabi, he was saying, uh, he, he said, I take a lot of notes. I take so many notes. And someone in our comments, and if they're there, you should be ashamed. If they're there watching right now, you should be ashamed, uh, was saying like, what? I can't believe this guy needs to do research. He should know who all these fighters are. And I'm like, no. <laughs> that's it. That's uh, that's my response. I, I, I don't want to go on a rant about it, but research is not a bad thing. If someone's doing research, people, you should applaud it. That, that means they're doing their jobs. All right. It's not everyone knows everything about everything. I saw one of the comments during the weigh-in show that we we got shamed for not knowing that Izzy, whatever his name was, is um, like was was part of the list of fighters to be weighed in. Like nobody on earth knew that except for the UFC and Izzy himself. He looked a little surprised when he went up. I'll be honest, he looked a little surprised. He was like, "Me? Oh, I, oh, I am weighing. I'm weighing in. Oh, yeah, I forgot. This, this is, don't give us." <laughs> but yeah, listen, I, Lauren. I understand where Lauren's coming from. I mean, and this, Dude. like, this was a, this was a, if this was two years ago, and Lauren Murphy fought Lilia Shakarova. Lauren Murphy would probably be a plus three thirty underdog in that fight. 
like that's just that's just how people viewed her. That's just how her performances were. But this is a different fighter. This is a different fighter. Like her finishing Mara, Mara Romero Barella, the way that she did. I mean, Barella was a different fighter back then too. Like she was looking good. She was on a good little streak. She was ranked. Murphy put it to her and finished her. Then the Andrew Lee fight. Yeah, again, again, it's a little bit controversial. But the Monteferi fight, she dominated Roxanne Monteferi, and then she dominated tonight. So she is in the conversation. Do I think she will get a title shot at 125 next? No, I don't. I think she's going to have to get another win, unfortunately, because Valentina Shevchenko, let's remember, she's not the most active fighter on the planet. It's not like she fights every three, four months. If you get her twice a year, that's a bonus, the way her schedule normally works. So if if if, if her mentality is my next fight is fighting for the title, she might be waiting a long time. So I think she's going to have to get another fight in and make another impression. If she gets another one in this year and fights Calvillo and wins, she might jump the line. She might jump the line. Man, and I've ever – Murphy, Laura Murphy hates Jennifer Maya. Good Lord. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, do they have a beef? Like, there was something going on. Like, did, did, Maya, like, back up, did Maya, Maya, like, back up her car and, like, scratch her door or something? <laughs> like, what happened? She was like, rip that title fight. Like, scratch, pull that contract out. I was like, dang, woman. Like, Maya did submit and finish JoJo Codwood in, in a round. I was like – no, Maya earned that title shot. She was the invicted champ. She's she's fine. Like it's it's a good title fight. It's, you know, good luck to Maya. You know, have fun with Shevchenko. But yeesh. take her ass out of there. <laughs> yeah, I in. know. <laughs> I mean, but listen, but that's those are the things you have to say. Yes, yes, exactly. Like she, I thought Laura Murphy today was an A plus. Uh, yeah, A plus. She did the most. She did the most she could do tonight, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, there's the nothing more she yeah. could have done except like. I'm flying to Valentina Shevchenko's house and slapping her across the face. There's literally nothing more she could have done. (laughs) So, yes, she she deserves one, but she probably won't get one. Let's just – I think think that's that's a fair statement. (laughs) What else we got? All right, hold on. Sure, there's a lot. We could, yeah, we could go for like six Thank hours. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph Boza. (laughs) Very long-time commenter. Always always getting questions in. Uh – Hold on, make sure it's... All right, all right. This is going to cause lots of contro- controversy, but we're going to go ahead and answer it. Clickbait. Habib has had the most dominant run, but is his place in the GOAT list overrated? Never fight of the year, never never fighter of the year, never cleaned out the division, never rematched, never moved up, only three title defenses. I mean, he's 29-0. and 29-0. and 0. He's uh, lost... One round in his entire career. Is he the most active guy? No. Did he get injured a lot? Yes. But has he beat and dominated? High level. High level guys. And the tougher the challenge, the better he's performed. I think he's, I don't think he's, that his place in the GOAT list is overrated. In fact, I think we can make an argument that it was underrated. That it was underrated. AK even said it himself. I didn't think he was. I, I didn't think he was the, he was in that. I think. I think you had him at in the, in the top five somewhere, but after today, I think you probably bumped him up a little bit. So it's fair to say he might be underrated, not overrated. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. Um, I already I already had him as the greatest lightweight ever, ever, all promotions tonight, and with his performance tonight, he is. The, I I don't have a problem if you want to say he's the greatest MMA fighter ever. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's he's as good as anyone we've ever seen. Yeah, 
it's not his fault that the Tony Ferguson fight fell through a hundred times. Okay, because that would have been a you know right. That's a career defining. That that's we always talk about moments, right? That's that's one. You know, you, you only get so many opportunities for moments in your career. You only get like maybe five or six for like real real moments in your career. That should have been one of them for him. That Ferguson fight was going to be one of his moments. It just didn't work out. He has no control over that. Uh, it's not his fault that some of the other greats that we think of, like BJ Penn, uh, Frankie Edgar, th- their career their careers just didn't line up. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Frankie Edgar, when Khabib was coming up, was moving down to was moving down to featherweight, so he wasn't going to fight Frankie Edgar. BJ Penn was already sort of easing out of his prime. We were kind of already entering the sad BJ phase, unfortunately. So that fight wasn't going to happen. So those are two of the other names we would think of as all time greats. Benson, Benson Henderson went to uh, went to Bellator. So if we're just talking about former champions and, and guys like that. He didn't have the chance to fight a lot of them, unfortunately. It's 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 unfortunate. He just it just didn't uh, cross past them. And for the record, if we're just projecting, I would take a prime Nurmagomedov over a prime uh, BJ Penn, a prime Frankie Edgar, or a prime uh, Benson Henderson. Strict, strictly speculative. I, I, if people want to argue otherwise, because then BJ Penn, one of the most talented fighters I've ever seen in my entire life to this day, uh, I just think he'd be a little too small. And I think I think um, I think we saw kind of what happened with GSP. I think Nurmagomedov might be even a more dominant version of how those fights went. Though the first fight with uh, BJ and GSP was close, of course. Uh, but he's not. That that to me is why. Career-wise, I still don't think he's had the best career. Even I know undefeated record looks fantastic, but I'm just saying quality of opponents. It just I don't think it matches up to some of the other other people. Um, again, and it's not his fault, but he is. If, if, but he is as good as anyone I've ever seen. Like, I, if you want to say, is he? You know, is he as a great fighter and maybe the greatest? You can argue that he's not number one on my list. But I don't think he's overrated. If to answer the question specifically, no, it's not. It's not not overrated at all. No. What? Well, I've seen people throw this out. Oh, we only have three title defenses. I don't care about that stat because having the title only means, especially in the UFC, just means that he didn't get a title shot until the UFC felt that he yeah. they could make money off him, like serious yeah. money. He went 9-0 and in the UFC before he fought for a title, which was the interim title. Was interim title? Wait, we fought against Iaquinta. Iaquinta. It was, no, that the, was the real they, belt. Oh, that was the real belt. Okay, sorry, that was the real belt. I can't, I can't, whatever. Um, that was the real belt. Um, so he, fought, he had to fight nine times. So, hmm. But like, how many times did John Jones have to fight before he got a title fight? Like, not yeah. nine times. I think like no. four times, maybe? Five, five or six, I think. Five, like five or six or something. Yeah. So I mean, like, so he, John Jones was. They just figured out how to. They, we can sell this guy. He, we can make lots of money. Habib, it took him. A, it took a while for the UFC to understand. Like, okay, this is a this is a big prize fighter. We can make a lot of money from. So, mm-hmm. but on this, so you can't take that. You can't hold that against Habib. He was dominating everyone up, up to that point. It was like I, I put these timelines together. You know, when we, to to talk when we have up, becoming uh, upcoming title fights. And so many times, like, he would win fights, and I realized, like, we had almost nothing on him pre-fight because the UFC, he was he was one of those guys they didn't even bring for pre-fight media because he was so, just there was just no, oh, we don't need to talk. He doesn't speak English. There's, there's just no interest in him. It wasn't until probably four or five wins in the UFC that, like, okay, we'll start, we'll, we'll start bringing him. You guys can interview him early, you know? So, like, uh, yeah, I just don't buy this whole he didn't get enough title defenses because that's strictly a promotional thing. Yeah. Oh, it's their fault. I'm not. I'm not blaming. That's what I'm saying. It's, people, but people it, use it as a, as a deterrent. Well, he, how can you be the best yeah. if you only won three titles? You know? I know. It's not, let's not forget. Conor McGregor ran off with the lightweight title for, yes. for a long period. That's not Habib's fault. Yes. Like, like, it, was fr- it, was, it was frozen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a lot of stuff was out of his control. Yeah. He should. He could easily have had five or six or seven title defenses easily if there was any sort of reasonable hierarchy uh, in the in the OC. So you yes, you definitely have to really look at that with a little more scrutiny than just oh three title. 
defenses. It's like, nah, it doesn't doesn't really tell the whole story. They told Habib Nurmagomedov that he was going to fight Eddie Alvarez at UFC 205 for the lightweight title. They used him as a pawn. Yep. So McGregor could 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 slide right in there and, and take the fight and take the title. Like it was crazy. Like Habib should have got that shot. So they they had Habib fight Michael Johnson instead. And he beat the brakes off of him. Was talking to Dana the whole time as he's punching Michael Johnson in the face and then cuts the the promo of I want to fight your chicken. And that was like when everything kind of changed. Like he was getting just the reaction from the crowd at MSG when Habib was cutting that promo was unbelievable. That's when like the that, UFC realized they're like, all right, that was it. Yeah. That, we got something. I think that was, the, I think that's when you broke out number one bullshit too. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was, it was let's, that uh, week. I think let's dissect the question before we move on. Let's just say never fight of the year. I don't think that matters. I think a lot of great fighters were never in the fight of the year. John Jones had definitely had him with Gustafsson. No, that's a good uh, thing. That's just talking about his dominance. <laughs> yeah, you have to, exactly. you have to get beat up. To win. Yeah. I guess yeah. crazy. Come on, GS, man. GS, GS, GSP. I don't think was ever in a fight of the year off the top of my head. I can't Might, mighty mouse. I wouldn't say was ever in the fight of the year. So I don't think that matters. Uh, never cleaned out the division again. Like we said, a lot of that was out of his control. Um, and, and again, I would ask also who did he, never who did he clean out I, Ferguson. Well, that's what I'm saying. Other than Ferguson, who else are we like, oh, man, like with Charles Oliveira, maybe. But I don't feel like it's like we're dying to see him fight Charles Oliveira. Uh, no way that fight could have happened like never, anytime soon either. Yeah. Never rematch. What rematch did we want to see Khabib do? Conor McGregor? No, thanks. It's good. I think I think we know who the better fighter is there. Uh, never moved up. I does not. I, that to me is like the thing that matters like the least when gauging uh, someone's great. If you only fight in one division, it's fine. I don't care. And we said we talked about the title defense in, in depth, but I, uh, we do appreciate the question, though, uh, John and Ram. Oh yeah, it is, it yeah. Is thank you for the question. Game. Thank you for the question, Mr. Yeah, Ram. Yeah, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's a fair question. It's a fair question. Yeah, it is a fair question. It's it's like the, these are like between the links kind of questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where we got like differing opinions. Never fight. I, I don't know if it's fight of the year I, or fighter of the fighter year. Fighter of the year. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He yeah, never fought. No. But even then, he just uh, he just wasn't active enough. And if he did, like it just. There aren't a lot of people like unless there's a title attached to it. There's not a lot of people 155 are gonna be like, you know what? Oh, I get to fight Habib. Woohoo! Let's do it. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. even on the way up, on the like, way up, nobody yeah. wanted to take that fight. Like, why would they? Because you know it's gonna happen. You're just gonna get taken down. You're gonna get smushed until you, until the fight's over. So I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I, I think overrated is is unfair. Yeah. The, the only thing that maybe that may be holding him back is the fact that Habib's done with the sport. Yeah, that's just that's like that's it. That's yeah, he's just over it. Yeah, he he's going out on top, and it, I guess I don't know. So probably feel like he's leaving something on the table. But again, there's really not that many unanswered questions. Ferguson, and that's about it. Yeah. What's next for Miranda Maverick? She is a problem. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. That yes. was that was a violent performance. Brutal. Great, great win over a. And early on, like Jujua was like. Was looking pretty good. She's moving well. She's landing jabs. She was landing combinations. And then once, once Miranda touched her, that was it. Everything just changed. But she looked really good. If you wanted to throw her a performance bonus tonight, I wouldn't have been mad at you because she made a big impact on those prelims. But Casey, I mean, you've been following Miranda for a while now. To see her finally get in there, twenty and finally she's twenty three years yeah. old. Make her UFC debut. Have a performance like that. What did you think of it watching it? Uh, she looked great. Um, as advertised. Um, yeah, I was. Um, I, I'm. I'm bummed out about the stoppage because I think that was one of the just the the perfect what I call, like to call it girl stoppages. You know, when um, the fact that it's like, oh, there was a little blood. She had a cut in her nose. Need some stitches. We've seen so many. We've seen so so much worse and stuff. So I was bummed that she that that was even a controversy because it kind of took away from it. But 
She looked perfect in it. Um, looked great. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't want to see her rush. She's only 23. Um, give her, yeah, whoever, some bottom tier 25ers right now. Get maybe two more of those before we they really push her, push her. I I I I hope they don't do with the the Macy give her the Macy Barber type of treatment. No, where, no you know no. just you know I, I don't think she's that type of personality either that that Dana wants. You know I want I'm the best ever. You know but just you know build her up and um yeah obviously when she hits when she's in a couple years I <clears throat> I completely expect her to be a top five even better fighter. So yeah. The, I think the worst part about the cut controversy, I think a lot of people might have missed what caused the cut. Uh, they, they did a good job on the on the broadcast showing the replay of what the – it was like a step-in, like, elbow. It was beautiful elbow, yeah. It was like, yeah, 23-year-old 20, fighters, prospects, are not regularly landing step-in elbows with that kind of accuracy and that kind of – they might throw it out there. Yeah. But to land it with that kind of accuracy and that kind of damage, that's crazy. It's a hard strike okay, to land. That is. That's like, that's like when Chris Weidman uh, landed that step-in elbow on uh, Mark Munoz, Mark right? Munoz, we were yeah. all so excited. Like, this is a future champion. I'm like – I'm not saying I'm not guaranteeing Maverick's future champion, but this is the kind of strike that you see. You see the strike, and it'll be on you know, her highlight reel again for the next whatever, however many years she decides to fight. And I'll be like, oh man, like this is this is why why she's such a big deal. So, yeah, the the cut probably shouldn't have stopped the fight, but the strike that caused the, the cut, oh yeah, beautiful. Uh, what's next for her though is uh, keep stay in school, keep working on that <laughs> PhD because she's a, she's a, she seems like a smart cookie. Keep working on that PhD, and then uh, and the, as she said herself, man, once she's done getting school out of the way. Who knows, man? Who knows when she can focus fully on fighting, how dangerous she's going to be. She's tough to match up right now because either, like, you don't want to push her too far or you don't want to, like, throw up her against another prospect that you know that she'll do really well against. So it's, like, it's tough to match her up at, at this point because, like, Justine Kish, that's the fight to make. Something like that. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I, I think that's perfect. Around there. That's perfect. Like, Shauna Dobson kind of got in my mind, but I don't want to see that just because I, I think Sean is better than advertised and she showed it and she's a gritty, tough fighter. And then again, I don't know. You, you have that story of like prospect killer with Shauna Dobson and the spoiler. Like, I don't want to see like Anthony Shevchenko would have been a good one, but I think yeah. the UFC like sees well, so much value in her. Like that's where like these are the fights that Anthony Shevchenko should be getting. Not, mm-hmm. you know, not the Roxanne Mataferis of the world. And, and those guys and the Caitlin Drukagan shouldn't be yeah. fighting anybody in the top 15 but that's that's where we're at right now she's she is in the top 15 but yeah build her slowly there's no need to rush her she wants to be active so let her be active and let her start just inching her way up just start taking these contenders out but she is she is a very legit prospect keep your eye on 125 pounds I like the four M's Javon in the question the four M's for <laughs> Miranda Miranda Maverick uh Marshall mixed, mixed Marshall <laughs> yes who deserves a title shot against Adesanya? Well, Robert Whitaker deserves the title shot. I think we're all pretty much in agreement here. But I think the problem is he probably won't get the next title shot because Robert Whitaker's going to do what Robert Whitaker wants to do. He wants to have Christmas, wants to wait for the newborn, doesn't want to fight till probably April at this point. Is he, I don't think Adesanya is going to wait that long. Is he, it's Robert Whitaker one of those people that puts up Christmas decorations like – before thanksgiving like he was talking about putting course like after he does it after halloween he's got lights up and like inflatable santas in his yard and like early early november he does live in australia right so everything's backwards over there casey so they gotta (laughs) remember everything's a little different there so you know what i mean 
the decorations might go up at a different time, right? It's different. It's a different world over there. They're upside. They're upside down. You're right. You're right. You, you know when they flush the toilet, the water goes the other way. I've heard that. I've yeah, heard that. it's it's wild. I've heard that. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He himself has said. Uh, he said was saying in the interviews earlier this week that he doesn't want to fight. Uh, he's like, look. He was asked like several times, like in different ways, and he kind of he kind of kept insisting, I don't care about the title shot next. I'm not fighting in December. <laughs> I want to take the rest of the year off. I want to spend time with my family. I want to get fat. I want to enjoy Christmas. Only at the end did he say, like, if if, the, if it was a title shot that was proposed for, like, December 12th or December 19th, that he'd be like, my team would have to work really hard to convince me to take that fight. And I imagine his team's kind of on the same page as him um, and would probably, you know, they might try to convince him. I don't think they would work that hard to convince him. I think they'll be happy letting either uh, Till or Hermanson uh, step in there for a title shot or of course all the other Izzy possibilities which I don't want to it's a whole other discussion but um, I guess that's what this person is asking but as far as just the middleweight title picture I think it's Tiller Hermanson next because Whitaker is going to is going to take time off is this like because of the drawing power and all that stuff is this like okay if Till wins we have a middleweight title fight but if Hermanson wins I think we get to bump him at this point like I just I don't know. It's a tough sell, man. I, and I like Jack Hermanson. He's like one of the friendliest fighters in, on the planet. I could talk to that guy for an hour, but not a big draw. Not he a lost big to Ken, he lost to Cannoneer. And he lost to Jared. Pretty, so. pretty convincingly, yeah. I don't know. That fight yeah. just got a lot bigger, though. I'll tell you that right now. So if so if Hermanson wins, we said we already said Whitaker won, if her, and then if Hermanson wins, then the door's open for, I guess, I guess John, then John Jones immediately in the minds of the matchmakers jumps the fort like they just try to make the fights happen somehow right i don't know i don't like i don't know if you have to if he has to beat because i see a lot of people saying it's got to he's got to beat bohovich and win that title before he fights john jones i don't agree with that at all like i think you just make that you could just make the jones fight if you want i think it's weird i, I don't forgot about right they could make a, that oh yeah the ch- you forgot about the champ you noob it's a, now that yeah, that's that's gonna fill the conversation. Yeah, you, now. great. Thanks. Guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no. But you know what? Yeah. I I think there is. Oh. I think. There, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think there is a chance for Izzy Whitaker, but only if regulations change in um, New Zealand or Australia, where they could actually have. Because I know New Zealand, as as far as like COVID. They're on the forefront. Like they're they're probably of all the countries in the world right now. They're they're doing one of the best. Yeah, that's so true. if I could see them doing Izzy Whitaker in New Zealand, I know this is a stretch because the UFC is mm-hmm. so focused on Vegas and Fight Island, but I could see that and them because I know they're having crowds there. So early like first quarter of 2021, if yeah. if they could have a full arena in New Zealand. Um, there's a lot of hoops to jump through interna- with international travel and everything. But if they load half that card up with Aussie and New, um, what do you call it? New Zealand fighters, um, and then just have to bring in a few Americans, you know, off the two week, you know, two week quarantine, everything, I can see that as a possibility. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah, and you know what would make things easier, Casey? If they didn't say, oh, well, we got to have fill up with like, we got to have a 12 fight card. For that, for an event like that, if you could actually get people back in the arena, I, you could do like a six fight card, yeah. an eight fight card, again, of just New Zealand and Australia fighters. Again, whatever makes it easier, because you mentioned the, the full crowds. Those those were for uh, for game yeah. uh, like uh, soccer games yeah. where or football, football. where uh, it was te- teams from the area, right? So you know you're not dealing with travel. So if that's what they have to do, 
then they don't have to. I mean, I'm, I, you know, they probably could find twenty-four fighters uh, from New Zealand and, and Australia. Is, to, is to the Whitaker main event, co-main event, Volkanovski versus I don't know who's the number one contender right now, forty-five. Mm-hmm. But bald Brian Ortega. There you go. <laughs> bald Brian. Bald Brian. You got yeah. There you go. Shaved yeah. yeah. Brian. He's not yeah, bald. He's shaved. One or two. So one or two international names, right? Yeah, uh, so you, one or two American. You have two names. title fights. You don't need a full twelve fight card. Do an eight fight card. Five fights, six fights. Three, three. You got plenty. Two, two pre, two, two prelims. Yeah. Two, two good prelims yeah. on ESPN to get people revved up to pay their money for the pay per view. And there you go. That's it. That's it. Dana, you, Dana, you, watch tweet. our show, Dana. Think, think outside the box. We are trying to help you, UFC. Clearly, this multi-billion-dollar company needs our help. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They need our ideas. You put Ty Tuivasa on the card. Yeah, you I put mean, Brad Riddell on the card. You put Jake Matthews on the card. Dan Hooker. Malarkey. Dan Hooker. Yeah. Malarkey. Brad, Jamie Malaki. Uh, put him on the card. Uh, before we move on from this question, I did want to say one more thing about waiting, though. Uh, waiting for an opportunity. Uh, Whitaker's in a different situation, but I was thinking about this when the Lauren Murphy question was asked. I'm, I, I just don't want fighters to, uh, and I think this is, a, I, I don't want to make this a thing now, but I don't want fighters to Leon Edwards themselves uh, is kind of the new phrase I'm using now because I think everyone has seen the, uh, before, I guess, the last couple of days, Leon Edwards uh, sort of being removed from the rankings and then immediately being booked, uh, now officially, I guess, against Shamaya. <laughs> we talking about uh, this? Leon Ed- yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, fighters apparently have to be careful because it's, it's waiting unless there's only certain fighters that can wait forever. Uh, like the McGregor's of the world and have that kind of leverage, John Jones. Leon Edwards is unfortunately is not in that range despite being a legitimate top 10 guy. That means nothing to the UFC. It means literally nothing. They they have all the leverage in this situation. And now he's ending up in an extraordinarily difficult fight, which I think he can win. I, I mean, I, I, I'm waiting to see what the line is on this fight with Shamayev, but it's still a really dangerous opponent. <laughs> it's, it's just so, so little to gain. I feel, I don't know. I don't know. I think I saw it was minus Edwards is uh, minus one seventy five. That's reasonable. He should be favored. He should be favored. He should. Yeah, one, minus one seventy five is like, exactly. Actually, it's a. Uh, so what? So so I, some have it. Some have Shabayev as minus one forty. They're all over the place. Yeah. So They're all over. The place. I asked on Twitter because I didn't actually know the answer. I was like, when was the last time a top five fighter on a win streak, mind you? Fought someone outside of the top twenty, I, not not, not short yet. notice, not short yeah, notice, not on short notice, not on short yeah. notice. The the, no the best one someone came up with, I was like, oh yeah, Cub Swanson, who was on a win streak, he just fought, he, he just beat um, Superboy in the fight of the year. He fought in a main event on a fight night against the goat Artem Lobov, which was a ridiculous fight at the time. <laughs> <laughs> which, but, wait, but you know, why was that fight booked? Going back in time, real quick, why was well because Lobov is the number one. Even though he's he's not ranked officially, he's like the number one on the. It, it's like he's like beyond ranking. Yeah, exactly. You know what yeah, I mean? I it's like a side rankings that we can't access, but like he's just assumed to be number one at the top of that ranking, yeah. no matter all the time. Kind of like the champions by default was, number one. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever whoever pulled that though, good pull. Yeah, I, I was like, oh yeah. That. So yeah. So yeah, um, that's a good one. yeah. So Shamayev is the new Arm Lobov. That, I he's think the new Arm Lobov. Wow, that's lofty. For, and and now the hype train is chugging all <laughs> over again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tough for Leon Edwards because you feel you felt bad for him for a little while. Like once once the Woodley fight ended, and then you saw what Gilbert Burns did to get to where he's at, and you know then getting the title shot, but he couldn't make it, and then it just. Because, see, someone asked me this on Twitter. Like, didn't didn't Leon Edwards turn turn down a bunch of fights? 
I don't know. Like only a few select people actually know the answer to that question because Leon said that other people turned him down and then vice versa. So nobody really know. Like there's a, there's like three or four people on this planet that actually know the answer to that question. But then it's just eventually you just then you're just calling your shots on stuff that just isn't going to happen. Like, you know, you're not getting a title shot. You know, you're not fighting Mazadal. You know, you're not fighting Colby Covington. It's just not going to happen. Like, it's take the Wonder Boy fight. Like, I I'm sh- I cannot believe that never happened. Yeah. Or like whether it was offered or not offered, like what is happening here? But now, like, since you're you're ready to go and you know, like, I just have to get in there and fight and you're kind of backed up against the corner. Shamayev is the best option available right now. Either way, it's a win-win for both. It's a win-win either way because if Leon Edwards beats Hamza Jamayev, he gets all the mojo back. Like whatever mojo he had is back and probably even more. But if Shamayev goes out there and beats Leon Edwards in his fourth UFC fight, that is ridiculous. That's humongous, and he's the real deal, and you could probably give him a title shot right after that. Whatever, whatever the reports and rumors are of uh, how this Edward situation was handled, one thing we, one thing we can know for sure now, now that the dust is somewhat settled, he did not get what he wanted. Okay, I don't know. There's, <laughs> no. there is no way. Whatever, whatever was offered, whoever, whoever didn't want to fight him, whoever he didn't want to fight, this is not the conclusion that he was looking for. So I'm just saying, fighters and people in life in general, just be careful. Uh, know, know what you have in your hand. Okay, just I'm saying, and what, and what it's worth. I also want to say, I feel bad for Neil Magny. Because Dana White's yeah. all like, who wants to fight this killer? And Neil Magny's like, I'll fight him. And Dana's like, who wants to fight this guy? <laughs> anyone, <laughs> anyone. Anyone out there. <laughs> Any, okay, I guess no one wants to fight him. He's so scary. Nobody wants to fight him. So uh, poor Neil Magny. Poor Neil Magny. Neil Magny, we see you. We see you. <laughs> it, is in the, it is in the record. We know you yeah. wanted to fight Shemaev. Okay, everyone, the people need to know. He wanted to yeah, fight Shemaev. Yeah, I, I just want to put that out there in the universe. Um, I like this. Question. I agree. <laughs> I like this. I like this question actually. After watching this fight, do you change how you think Habib versus Ferguson would go? What was your? I still think I. I still think Habib would. I, I thought Habib would beat him from the get go. Me too. I, so no, I, I. I think he'd beat some. I think honestly, and I like Tony Ferguson. Like we've had some good conversations over the years. I can't like talk to him now because he's under new management, so it's it's a lot more difficult than it was like three or four years ago, but. I just don't think I, I think Habib would have beat him worse now than it would have like if they fought at UFC 209 back in the day or whatever. Or yeah, or I, I was definitely flying the Ferguson flag for a long time. Uh, I, like I honestly, if you'd asked me this two years ago, I probably would have still would have said I think that Ferguson is like the you know the best possible guy who could who could match up with him. Just because I think he's he's unpredictable. I think his scrambling ability, I think it's top notch. Uh, he's a, he is a good wrestler. Tony Ferguson is a good wrestler, and and I thought and I thought I would have said his striking is better than uh, Nurmagomedov's. I don't know if it is, but that's what I would have said. Um, now, again, as, as if we're just talking about age, I think uh, I think Tony is 37 now, 37 years old. That's a lot of mine, a lot of mileage, a lot of hard fights, a lot of mileage. Um, and based on what we've seen, the improvements in uh, Habib's game and maybe some of the limitations of, of Ferguson's game were kind of exposed in the Gacy fight. I don't know. I don't know if you want to call it that, but I'll say I I am now fully. Uh, I know you guys were already on it, so I'm the I'm the one who's late here. But after seeing tonight, I'm like I can't imagine picking Ferguson to uh, to beat Habib Nurmagomedov in a fight. So uh, I think I think Brentonio uh, raises a good question here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. With the with the skill set that Habib has now versus say when it was originally booked 20 years ago or something like that. Um, <laughs> oh, so young. Yeah, so young. So young. Yeah, I think maybe when Habib Ferguson one was booked, 
uh, you know, possible Ferguson would have won that, you know. But I think I think the Habib that retired tonight. Yeah. Um, how many? How long? How long we want to talk for? Let's do like two more questions. Cool. We actually have a Saturday night. Yeah, I know. I know. I got it. Right. And, and this is how I want to spend it. <laughs> AK's going to stay on here for the next eight hours. Exactly. Yeah, you, We're just going to keep this rolling. Just, just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> just, carry, just carry your laptop around your home with you. <laughs> uh, AK, do you want to, while we put up the next question, do you want to talk about what Phil Haas did tonight? Oh. All right. We're good with questions. Let's talk about some other fights on the hard. Let's just, um, what do we want to talk about? Let's, um, Phil Haas, yeah. All right, listen. Uh, everyone in, this, in our staff is busting my chops about uh, Phil Haas. Oh, you're giving me the single camera. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's busting my chops about Phil Haas because th- there's multiple reasons. One, I thought it was weird that they did a six-fight main card and insisted on throwing two UFC debutants on it, uh, Phil Haas and Jacob Malkoon. Uh, so, see, Jacob Malkoon, his fifth like pro MMA, it just didn't make sense to me. And again, I am the person who does the predictions for the site, so it just meant it like a, another like three paragraphs I had to write. So yes, there was some bias on my part, some some laziness, uh, which is why I may not have wanted to see another fight in the main card. The other thing is uh, Phil Haas. I think most most hardcore MMA fans know is, is has been on the kind of the the hardcore prospect list for for years. I mean, uh, he appears on Ultimate Fighter. He ended that. He's a former training partner of John Jones. I mean, you just look at the, when you look at the guy fight, you just see glimpses of, of, of greatness. You certainly saw it tonight. Uh, but I was also kind of like joking, like, man, is this guy ever going to make the UFC? He did the Ultimate Fighter. He did the Contender Series twice. The first time he didn't make it. He's fought for Bellator. He's fought for World Series of Fighting. He's fought for uh, Brave Combat Federation. And it's like, he's 31, which, and, and still young in, in, um, uh, fight years, but you know when you see any athletes they get over thirty, you start thinking like, man, are they ever going to get that call? Uh, so, so part of me was like, man, I can't believe they're still trying to make Phil Haas happen. You know, ha ha ha, funny me. Uh, sure enough, they did keep trying to make Phil Haas happen. Uh, Phil did happen, and he happened all over uh, Jacob Malkoon tonight. So, you will hear no more Phil Haas slander from me. Okay, you'll hear no more Phil Haas slander. Phil Haas's uh, performance was amazing. 18 second knockout. Um, let's give him, let's give him the Chimaev push. All right, like, whatever people want to say, who you want to, you want to fight uh, Jan Blachowicz tomorrow? Go for it. Whatever you guys want to say, I'm just nodding my head and shutting my mouth. Good job, Did good you, job, AK. He, yeah. Listen, the guy, the guy paid his dues, and I, I can't, honestly, in no respect to Jacob Alcuin, I think I said this on Twitter. Maybe one day Jacob Alcuin will be the light heavyweight champion of the world or the middleweight champion of the world. Oh, like, sorry, nobody really knows. But on this very night. Considering, like, like if you just look at their record, like, go to both of their topology pages, okay? Jacob Malkoon is fighting Phil Haas, who's a, who's a tough guy at 4-0, okay? Phil Haas fought Luis Taylor at 4-0. Mm-hmm. Then he fought Julian Marquez on the Contender Series at 4-1. Like, this guy was brought up, like, to be a prospect, and then they threw him to the wolves. And then rather than give up, like, and, and get not, he got, got beat badly in two consecutive fights, this dude could have just stopped. He could have stopped, but he went back. He paid his dues, fought for World Series of Fighting, went on, flew, went over and, and, and fought for Brave, and you know fought some international guys and, and and took those long fights. Like the guy has officially paid his dues, so this is all good for him. Like that's why I felt like he had a. He, I didn't think he was going to win in 18 seconds, oh. but I, I knew this fight wasn't getting out of two minutes. Like Phil Haas is a legit guy, and he's got the experience, and he's got. The fact that now he's paid his dues and gone through the ups and the downs of this of this sport at such a young age. He's only 31 years old. Like, he's going to be someone to watch. Absolutely. Like, he's going to be someone to watch. 
What do you do with him, Casey? What do you what do we do with Phil Haas now? Did, wait, did he win 50k tonight? Did he not get no? Ooh. He did not. No. Ankalaev. Ankalaev beat him. Yeah. 18 second knockout. Not enough, I guess. You know what? He only didn't get that because of his opponent. I think. I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if, I mean, if 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 there was a if there was a top 10 guy, if it was Derek Brunson on the other side of the cage, he knocked him out in 18 seconds. No way. I mean, of course he gets 50k. So, uh, man, yeah. Yeah, poor Jacob. Um, mock, mock, Jacob. Jacob. I call him Jacob. Yeah, you guys. You guys are like that. Uh, uh, also, also, I think they were, they were definitely going to give Habib a bonus uh, with a with a good performance, even uh, especially after the and then after they, you know, he retired. I think they're just like, yeah, we have to we have to send him out with that performance bonus. Um, yeah, Phil Hawes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, uh, who 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 do you fight? Um, Someone, someone like right, right, right outside the top fifteen, I would think. You know, uh, I just can't think of a name right now. I actually liked. Oh. I feel like Eric Anders is like the guy I would throw all these like prospects to, and I like Eric Anders, <laughs> but I feel like I feel like that's where to go. What about like a Zach Cummings? I think he faces another newcomer. Yeah. I, I, these guys have you so think much. So? As you mentioned, have so much UFC experience, and again, like we said, he's he's had more high-level experience than most guys who are was he not uh, nine and four now or eight and four, whatever he is. He's had a lot of that is against quality uh, competition, but still, I think they'll try and find. And at least since he wants to turn around quickly, I uh, think they're going to find someone uh, to fight him in Vegas, uh, whatever, uh, in the next in the next six weeks or so. You just answered. There you go. He's going to Vegas. You know what you do? You you put him against the the middleweight gatekeeper, Brad Tavares. <laughs> That's what we got. We, let's find out where he's at. Let's find. Okay, we we know we know we can we know we can hurt people. Let's go, Brad Tavares. That's that's that's. You are, you are not invited onto the next episode of hashtag onto the next one. All right, you are I'm, not invited. <laughs> I'm giving. I'm gi- I'm gonna give my answer since they booked Joaquin. They they didn't listen to the Joaquin Buckley idea that I had, and they booked him against Jordan Wright, which I like that fight by the way. I love that fight. Fluffy Hernandez versus Phil Haas is the fight to make. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. We'll see. We'll definitely we'll get into I think, more I think, tomorrow. I think, we'll definitely I think, tune in, tune in, tune in. Tune in, tune in. I think Phil's. Monday. I think Phil's ready for bigger things, but whatever. No pain, eh. Wow. Give him one more. Okay. Him okay. One you're more. trying to go. I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm not giving him the. Ra- I, no, I said random Maverick build up slow. Phil Haas, boy's ready. He's ready. Casey was ready to give Shabayev a title shot after Fight Island. So. <laughs> Lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do we have any more questions, or no, should we? Uh, no, just um, uh, you want to talk about Volkov, Walt Harris? No, but we didn't even talk about that. If there's a, if there's a question about it, certainly we can. Yes. Well, but the question is, man, why why the UFC do this to Walt Harris? Oh, this is a, this is a, a question from the truck. Yeah, a quote from uh, we were saying before the show, it is promotional malpractice that they did not. I should just be delicate this. Obviously, you know the Anaya Blanchard uh, story was it, it, it dominated the narrative of uh, of Walt Harris's fight with Alistair Overeem, as it should. This is a this was a really really tragic, uh, real life story. I think Walt did an amazing job of handling sort of the media that came along with it because I think he would have been very justified in saying, look. I don't want to talk about this story. It's it's it's. I'll give you, I can give you some quotes, but I don't want to do an ESPN special on it. I don't want to build it into this promo video. But it, it's it's my understanding that all this all those you know weaving that sort of that personal tragedy into uh, into the the buildup for the fight. I imagine him and his family sort of okayed that. So uh, whether people agree with it or not, at least I think we know that that Walt was okay with it. And um, 
But the Alistair Overeem fight was really tough. But that was rebooked, right? I mean, he was supposed to fight Overeem. It was original booking before, and rebook, yeah. And then, of course, and then, and then the, 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 the incident happened, of course. And, and, and it was, so I think he wanted to get that fight back. That was for him, for sure. He looked up to Overeem. So win or lose, I don't think it mattered. The Volkov booking was a little more confusing. I think we all want to see Walt Harris get a win. Um, I'm not saying he's he's a he's a good fighter. I'm not saying he's a guy who needs to have his hand held and like oh let's you know he doesn't need a charity case. But I think there's winnable, entertaining fights and good stylistic matches for him that could really kind of give people the that 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 feel good moment they want to see uh, with Walt Harris. And Alexander Volkov was not that matchup. So um, good for Volkov for getting that win. He looked great tonight. But uh, I do wish that I do hope that for Walt Harris's next fight, we're they're a little more careful with with the matchmaking. Truth be told, I picked Walt Harris in our pickums. I didn't like the championship weight for Volkov. That that concerned me. It really did because that was like 18 pounds heavier than the fight before. Muscle. With Curtis Blades. I. That's still a lot of muscle. That's a lot. But he's like 30 feet tall. He's like 30 feet tall. So like that's that's it's huge. That's, that's you know, that's just an extra five pounds on the dumbbells. That's that, that's what builds up to extra 17 pounds. So. I got a little. I got I got a little concerned, and then I saw Walt. Who would normally be around there? He was looking, yeah, looking pretty, pretty trimmed up. I was like, all right, we got, we got, we got an in shape Walt Harris. Apparently, we have a fat Volkov, like who just got out of shape and, and missed. Not the case, but like it concerned me, which is why I kind of leaned Walt Harris. He had to do it early, which we knew kind of like after the first round. Like early on, like Walt looked pretty good. He was getting inside. He was landing some shots, and then once Volkov started getting his range and landing those leg kicks, and you could tell he, yeah, yeah. his, his demeanor changed. Yeah, you saw it. Like, ooh boy. I was like, oh boy, this is not good. But hey, I, I think I think the fight to make now is Maurice Green and Greg Hardy are fighting next week on the main card. Give Walt Harris one of those guys, winner or loser. I think that makes sense. Like a Maurice Green, Maurice Green's a guy that's like, he's he's perennially like a top 20, 25 guy. So if he goes out there and beats Greg Hardy, he's gonna get a little bit of a little bit of buzz, you know, a little more fanfare because people, you know, how people view Greg Hardy. Give him that fight. It's a winnable fight for Walt Harris. That would give him a nice little rub. What are they fighting again? What you, what you said? What, what day are they fighting? Next week, Halloween. Really? Yeah. That's an appropriate Halloween fight because that fight's gonna be weird. There's a lot of weird fights on that card. They they booked it right. They booked it right Spooky for Halloween. Again, fights. Ryan Hall was Ryan, Ryan Hall was supposed to be on there, right? And nothing says Halloween like the master of the 50-50 position. So, <laughs> I know I know they didn't do it intentionally, like to, to kind of theme it weird weird freaky fights for Halloween. But they almost like they almost really had something there. Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, well, that's where we're at. Yeah, I'll give Mark next week will be fun. Yeah, yeah, I give Edward Harris Silva. like yeah, Who, whoever Tom Aspinall just beat, someone like that. I'm not sure who he can. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, right. I don't think Walt we'll like that, but Whoa. who? Oh, yeah, sure the, the contract yeah. sign it. So it's like we yeah. we see a lot of fighters lose, and I just forget them about a week later. So and who still have UFC contracts? So one of those fine gentlemen should face Walt Harris next. Because <laughs> yeah, um, I got I got things to do, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah we, I think we, we all kind of do. We actually have, actually have more. We actually do have more work to do. But I mean, I, I always like to say thanks to everyone who tuned in. We had a, we had a, like a quite, I mean, we still have a lot of a few thousand people watching, yeah. which is insane. But uh, that's because our that's because our viewers are fantastic. Yeah, and we get to do it again next week. We're good, and every week through December nineteenth. Looks like December nineteenth is the cutoff for the rest of the year. <sighs> We're not gonna do a post Christmas card. And they then might do, they might do a card on Christmas. We don't know. That's it. Yeah, we either could. Yeah, it's Friday. <laughs> Get, get some good viewership so but next week anderson silva would looks to be the final fight of his career against uriah hall 
We got Bryce Mitchell versus Andre Feely in the co-main event. Ooh. That's a great fight. We have, I'm just going off the top of my head here, Morris Green versus Greg Hardy. Uh, Alexander Hernandez versus Chris Gritzmacher. I have a feeling there's going to be some Halloween-ish stuff going on with that fight. Just a, it's, it's a pretty good card. It'll be fun. It's perfect October 31st kind of a card. Oh, but, uh, and next week, the second, the second most highest anticipated fight of the year, Musasi versus Lima. That's right. That oh. is true. Oh, yes. On Thursday. <laughs> yes. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. For I hope fight. it's I hope it's the most amazing draw ever. Because I, I guess I love both those gentlemen, and I don't want one to lose, but I want them to punch each other and be awesome. But, oh, man, I'm so excited for that. Please place your kicks appropriately. <laughs> oh, God. Bellator's been so bad. There's just too much too much of that going on in the Bellator cage these days. But that fight's great. I did talk to Musasi on Friday, I think. Thursday or Friday. So that'll we'll probably pop that out in the next couple of days. It was good stuff. Musasi was just as friendly and funny as always. By the way, oh, shout-outs, by the way, to Jose Youngs, uh, who unfortunately cannot yeah. be with us on the post show. But this is, I think he is now done with his uh, Fight Island tour of duty. As it yes. were for now, this current tour of duty for Fight Island. Uh, you guys might not see Jose around for a while, so I'm yeah. going to say uh, I will just shout him out, and I will say he's also very thankful for all the viewership and all the guys, you guys tuning into our videos and uh, and tuning into our live streams. Uh, he can be a little curmudgeonly, but I assure you, he loves you all very, very much, uh, and he loves to work hard for you guys. But yes, he uh, hopefully will, he's, uh, will return back to the good old US of A. Uh, sometime this week. We hope Monday, but we don't know. And <laughs> given given how the travel has been, uh, and because uh, yeah, he's now he's been on Fight Island for about uh, it feels like a year. Um, so so please, you guys, please send nice messages to Jose at Jose Youngs on Twitter, and uh, just let him know how much you appreciate his efforts. The guy is uh, the guy is a maniac, and uh, we love him for it. Absolutely. So UFC 254, at least for now, put a bow on it. Uh, Habib Nurmagomedov the goat. ends his career. The undefeated, undisputed, lightweight champion of the world. So a lot will happen at 55. So congratulations. Happy trails to Habib Nurmagomedov. And uh, that's it. So thank you all for spending this crazy week with us. UFC 254 Fight Week has officially come to an end. For Alex K. Lee, for E. Casey Lydon, I am Mike Keck. Good night, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.